1: White and blue, and we're back with another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory of the University of Beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall.
0: I'm Steve Hatter and I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer.
1: And yes, the gang is back together, the three amigos, and I don't know. How many more podcasts we will do this year with the three of us? Because this is Zach's
0: last show
1: before he heads to Qatar, which hopefully I he think, will
0: come home from. Maybe you had some people's hopes up there for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, possibly some folk at the Whitecaps rubbing their hands there but finally we can listen again.
0: Them in the dead bull. Them in the dead bull.
1: <laughs> but yes, it is Zach's last show before he heads off to the World Cup so what we thought is we'll cut out all the other chat let us just make this our World Cup preview special we are going to dig into a lot about the World Cup we're going to look at the roster announcement for Canada that was made today on Sunday we're recording this in the evening of Sunday the 13th so the roster 26 man roster was revealed today we'll dig into that we'll have a look at all the groups Spending a little bit of time chatting, of course, about Canada's group. And we do this for all the big, big World Cup tournaments. And we might have done the Euros as well, I can't remember. But we'll do our little draft picks, which we'll have points allocated. We'll see who's got bragging rights. And maybe I'll come up with a special prize for one of the the three of us this time as well. Because obviously the World Cup is kicking off next Sunday, the 20th of November. And the shows that we're going to do over the World Cup... It won't just all be World Cup ones, it'll be a mixture of just some fun interviews I've got lined up with various people, and we'll chat some club soccer, and obviously there's lots of drafts, and there's been some drafts coming up, and there'll be a lot more as well. So we're going to get into that in the coming weeks, but for this episode, it's all about the World Cup, and Zach, you are heading
0: off on Thursday, is that right? Yeah, you coming to the airport to say goodbye, or? Nah i don't like goodbyes steve you can go if you want i hate goodbyes uh yeah i I leave thursday Uh, i'm looking forward to although it's the kind of thing where i there's so much to do before then it's so much i have to get ready at work before then that that's
1: why i want to make sure we had this
0: recorded tonight in case you're rather out of time yeah there's so much to do i'm literally i'm literally at the i'm at the office right now doing some stuff to get ready for when i'm gone
1: how excited are you
0: I'm excited, but again, I'll be more excited like once I get
1: there. And I know you're still sorting a lot of stuff out. We ha- we haven't discussed exactly why you're coming. We'll talk a lot more about your trip when you get back, obviously. But talk us through how many games are y- are you hoping to see there? Or mm-hmm. I- obviously, all three of Canada's. Are you wanting to try and take in as many as you can?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, like last last time I went to a World. Well, the Women's World Cup, how many games did I go to? I can't even remember now. I didn't go to that many. I only went to like, I don't know, six or seven or something uh, when I was in Canada. Um, U20, U20 in Canada, I went to much. In Germany, uh, 2006 World Cup, I went to nine games. So I'm hoping to beat that, which is. Well, you've got the
1: advantage in this tournament and yeah. the stadiums are a lot more closer together. Make yeah. the most of that,
0: everyone, before 2026. Oh, 2026 is going to be not, not, yeah, a nightmare. Um, so yeah, no, I'm gonna try and go to as many as possible. Uh, some days I'll, I'll hopefully go to more than one. But yeah, Canada games are the priority. Uh, close, uh, fo- close to followed closely in second by obviously the Germany games, uh, which is nice because I'll, I'll probably go to actually more than the, the Germany games in their group because the, in their group is a is a friend of, a friend of all of ours uh, named uh, Kendall Waston. Um So looking forward to looking forward to hopefully uh, connecting with him there. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll be going to a bunch. Fantastic. I think also I, I have tickets for some, but um, there's hope hopes of tickets for more. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back about some tickets from some from some from some people, and um, no one knows with all the World Cups, no one knows how things are going to be on the ground, right? So there's certain mm. regulations, but it's about how are they going to be applied? Oh, right? in terms so, of
1: ticket resales and stuff. Y-
0: well, yeah. So that I think will factor in significantly to uh how many games i get to go if it's if it's um like it was in what i've been told like it was in russia or like i experienced in germany then uh there's a a, a possibility of going to quite a few games <laughs> but
1: and we were chatting a little bit uh, about your trip before and one of the things i tasked you to do if possible is as many grind hopping things of taking as many photos of the, as many stadiums as you possibly can when you're there. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's doable you can get to all of them?
0: I'll get physically get but, to all yeah, of them. Yeah, like
1: whether you see a game there or not, but actually oh, get to the stadium. Yeah,
0: physically, physically, I'll go to all of them. I have tickets for four of them already, so half of them. It's the other half that I don't have, a, because the Canada and Germany, the, the awful thing for me is they play on the same day and they kind of play in the same sets of stadiums. So... Um. Yeah, I'm gonna hit. If you look, if you look at the World Cup schedule, I'm gonna hit those those four stadiums on the top. It's the four on the bottom that I'm I'm working on. So, the, and it's what sucks is those are some of the best stadiums, like the one where the final is and everyone's absolute favorite uh, going into the tournament, the nine seventy four stadium that's built out of yes. nine hundred seventy four shipping containers. That's the one that's the hardest to get into. Really. Yeah, that's
1: all going to return to shipping containers at the end of the tournament as well. I was I was seeing.
0: I don't think I'll be able to bring you home one of those, Michael. Ah,
1: damn it. <laughs> I mean, Steve, obviously we're stuck here watching from home and you're an early riser, so these games will probably work out really good for you. I'm a late bedder, so I could technically probably catch the first game of the day before I even go to bed. But yeah. how, how excited are you for this tournament coming up? I know this is... A- it's,
2: it's 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 coming up like the excitement is rising. As, uh, 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 it doesn't help. The one thing that is it, it perturbing me a little bit is those TSN commercials that keep coming on every two seconds. Uh, that's the one thing that annoys me because it's just the same one every well, time. I don't know I'm if saying, I've seen them, I haven't saying, seen a lot of TV the last few weeks. Mind they,
0: Which which commercial oh, are you download the one that they use because there's
2: only one they use, <laughs> it's
0: the same one over and oh, over. Oh, the one that's like it's coming or whatever. Yeah, it's something oh. like that. It, it's oh, just, and it's
2: it, just it, like it. it comes every commercial break, and so that's kind of annoying because today I'm watching NFL football on TSN, it's just coming and it comes on CTV too. Um, uh, but other than that, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um I've been kind of like in the not believing it till it's actually like in today's announcement of the team kind of kind of more solidified it. But it's kind of like the the worrisome, you know, beetle position side of me that like, is it really going to happen? Is it really happening? So it's kind of like in there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more and more hype for this as it comes along.
1: I mean, obviously, there's uh, been a lot of issues in the run up. to to this tournament and we could do a whole show on the issues and uh, the rights or wrongs of Qatar hosting this tournament but it's here now I I think everyone that listens to this show is probably going to enjoy it I I fully understand the folk that's not into this the folk that's not going to watch it kind of boycotting the tournament I totally respect that as well and it's it's a tough one but it's here we want to celebrate it and that's what this show is all about and as steve mentioned there and we mentioned off the top canada's 26 man world cup squad was revealed on sunday four players in the squad with white caps connections lucas cavallini the current player Derek cornelius kind of the current player although over on on loan in Greece and his option's not been decided yet as to what the Whitecaps are doing with that for the
0: moment they technically on him yep
1: two former Whitecaps Sam Adekugbe and some guy called Fonzie who seems to be getting a lot of the attention just now so uh, four players there six Montreal players though in the squad actual current Montreal players in, in the squad just one player from British Columbia And how times have changed from 1986 when so many of that squad hailed from BC. Joel Waterman, the only BC-born player. We'll we'll chat a little bit about Joel in a sec when we start to get into the squad. But, I mean, it's great to have guys that you know, guys that you've watched in it. And I still find it crazy, Steve, that we can't produce more talent here in BC that's broken through to the national team.
2: Yeah, the problem is there's been a gap for a long time, um, where, you know, a higher level of, of play has been the, the one that's between, uh, the white caps and, and, and the grassroots side of it. And now with BCL, I think it'll start turning around a little bit, uh, with, uh, the BC League One and also the CPL teams, obviously, and they're coming up, uh, two right now. Who knows if there's more coming, but, um, and, and, I think that will help it out, but right now I, I think we saw it all before too. And um, I remember having—I'm oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name—the um, coach that Stuart Neely. Remember we had mm. that conversation with Stuart Neely about these players, and it, it, he said it, things need to change, and he was telling us exactly needs change, and it hasn't changed since then. That was oh. a while ago since we talked to him.
1: Oh, yeah. I've had so many chats with Colin Elms over the years from TSS. That might be a discussion that we have during this tournament, actually, uh, one of the interviews we do, because I was going to speak to Colin about TSS getting in the Canadian Championship and everything, so we could in- involve it in that. But, Zach, we're heading into the tournament. We've had a warm-up game. There's another warm-up game coming and very soon against Japan, but there's been a 2 all draw with Bahrain obviously not the full squad and there was a a heavy mls presence it's mostly domestic players in that squad but any concerns for you were there any alarm bells ringing from that or can you not read too much into it? And it's more just an acclimatization kind of game
0: it, well it's a little bit it's you, you have to take these games with a grain of salt i think the japan game is going to be massive um but, yeah, I mean, it's not the full squad, right? I think this helped, uh, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes, this helped John Herdman with decisions he made, and I think mm. some people were just surprised by some of the decisions made based on the barring game alone. Um, But, uh, no, I, I think there are things to be excited about from it, and there's things to be frustrated by it. Obviously, the exciting points are, you know, Kone uh, putting in a great performance, scoring a quality goal. Oh, fantastic. Um, also getting back on the field and, and playing well. Um, so yeah, there there's definitely some upsides. I think um you I mean you wanted them to to win the game, to see the game out, and that's disappointing. But um and you wanted some better performances, I think, overall. But again, it was only part of the part of the squad, and it was a final a final opportunity for people to make their case, right?
1: Yeah, very true. And let, let's get into the squad now. So what what we're going to do in part one, we're going to have a look at the goalkeepers, defenders, have a little bit of chat about them. Part two, we'll look at the, the midfielders and the forwards and kind of come up with what formation we would like to see used in the tournament, which obviously can change depending on opposition. And maybe our, our ideal starting eleven as well. So let's kick things off. Three goalkeepers named. And obviously after Max Cropot's horrific injury last weekend, we pretty much knew who those three keepers were going to be. So I don't think any surprises there. Milan Borian, Red Star Belgrade, Dean St. Clair, Minnesota United, James Pantemis, CF Montreal. And... Pentemis and St Clair, two players obviously playing in MLS, and there's 18 players overall in the squad that's got MLS connections. Um, I, I don't think there's any real sur- surprises f- from those three. I mean, how do you both feel? We'll start with Steve. How do you feel confidence wise with those backups? If something was to say happened to Milan, a sending off or an injury, do you feel confident with what Sinclair and Pantemis could bring to the the party?
2: Skill wise, yes, I have no issues with them, but it's the experience. Um, I don't, I don't recall the last time I don't the last time they played with the national team because even Max wasn't able to get into a lot of games at all. Um, because William Borean was mostly, but um, at least Max had the experience of playing with the national team. I don't think James or 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 Saint Clair have had that. Um, uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but um, I, but I, skill wise, I have no issues with him. I I kind of put Antares ahead of Saint Clair right now, just slightly. Um, he yeah, had a great season. Yeah, great season. Uh, but overall, it's not much to choose from out other the two.
0: Mm. I, I think I think we all we all agree on this I think Max is a massive loss I think yeah. what he showed in that game in Mexico what he showed and was it was, did he play in the previous gold cup or something but yes, what he, he showed played all
1: the games because Milan hadn't come over so he was right. the, he got all that experience
0: so yeah what he's shown with this group and I think the confidence the group has in him uh isn't on the same level with Dane sinclair even though i I break I Dane sinclair and i'm I'm glad he continue to push through Minnesota and, and, and the season, I know things were not looking great earlier on and he kind of got back into form later in the year, but, um, the max is a massive loss. I think, I think with max there, you, if Milan gets an injury or something happens or gets sent off, whatever, like, I think they have like, uh, I think they're almost like elevated knowing max is coming on. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, yeah, like we have or whatever, and I'm not saying they're like, oh, Dane, com- Dane comes on and their their heads drop or anything. I'm not saying that, but I just think Max has proven himself to be a- at at the level of the team uh, or soaring with the level of the team, if you will. And I think it's a real, it's a it's a real, it's a real bad one. But one, can I ask you guys one side question? Sure. We talked about this in the last show, Michael, but with Hassal getting this last gasp chance or this or this first opportunity or whatever. Or this opportunity to be a part of the, the, the squad for the Bahrain game. Um, with someone like our good friend uh, Marco Kadushi not being chosen, do you think, I know he's still in his mid-20s or whatever, does it, but does it feel like the a door is closing for someone of his age?
1: I, I think it might. And, I mean, I was a little surprised that Hassel got that nod uh, over maybe Marco, who had been involved with the squad before. Yeah. That said, of course, we don't know if... Marco was available. Maybe he had a holiday booked to the end of the CPL season because he obviously wouldn't be fully expecting to have a call up in something like this. Or this, this isn't a other... David
0: Beckham friendly man. You 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 can cancel a holiday, lose your deposit, lose everything, whatever. This is the World Cup.
1: <laughs> I know, but he he probably did not have a chance of getting in. I don't think. But yeah,
0: but I I think that
2: goalkeepers can turn it around. Like, but the thing is, honestly, he. And no disrespect to CPL, he needs to move up in a level in order to be seen at, at that level right now. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got to make a move, whether it's to MLS or somewhere in Europe, in order to get more recognized on the map. And, and yes, Thomas all you might not, you might rate Marco Codici higher, but he is the starter in an MLS team.
0: I, and I, I think well, that's fair. I, I think you're right from a career perspective, Steve. I wonder with what he's gone through in the last year, if he, if his desire to do that has, you know, changed and his desire to be at home closer to his family. Oh, and, stuff oh, is,
2: and I don't blame him for that. That's his, no, 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 yeah, yeah. But the thing I is, just is, is uh, I'm just talking about a World Cup thing that we're being called up, uh, yeah. that will play a, a part. Now, if the quality of CPL starts increasing dramatically, um, over the next two, three years, or four years, or whatever, and it shows that Marco's even elevated, you know. Still, one of the top goalies. I don't see a problem with him getting called up and down the road. But right now, um, uh, I think you just select the goalies that have have played at a higher level because they're facing tougher competition.
1: Yeah, and that's that is the thing because this is a whole different level for Canada. And I mean, you can look at the even just the the Octagon campaign. When you look at the competition that Canada faced in that, compared to what they're now facing at the world table. It's very different, so you maybe do need those guys that have played at the, the slightly higher level. Hassel, though, obviously just coming back from an injury, though, as well. And we, I mean, yeah. he's had an up and down season, even in the games that he's played. But I mean, yeah, yeah. that was a, a little bit I, of a, was, a surprise. I was happy for him to get the call. Oh, I was, I was delighted I, I, for him as well. Just, I mean, just,
0: yeah. Just feel for Marco.
1: I think it's a great experience for him totally. that will serve him well. Yeah. on an individual basis hopefully then the white caps as well it'll serve him well and maybe push him on he's had that taste now so he might be like once you get that taste you want more yeah. so he might then push himself a bit more
0: it's so like you can't eat only one one chip right
3: mm-hmm.
1: defenders seven defenders named to the squad steven vittoria from chavez alistair johnston montreal Richie Larea, not Forrest, but on loan with TFC off late. Kamal Miller from Montreal. Joel Waterman from Montreal. Sam Adekukbe from Haterspor And our very own Derek Cornelius, whitecaps stroke panetokoulos. Let's let's start with Zach for this, because we, we started with Stephen, the goalkeeper. So we, we talked about Scott Kennedy's absence last week, Zach. We weren't sure if that would open the door to to Derek Cornelius, to Joe Waterman or Daniil Henry. Now, all signs pointed towards Daniil Henry because he'd flown to Bahrain for that friendly, despite not really playing much this year. You talked about the importance that he is to the group, not just on the pitch, but as a leader, as part of the brotherhood. And John Herman's obviously alluded to, to that today as well. So Daniil, over there in Bahrain, felt a calf strain before the game, uh, pulled himself out, kind of got worse. The doctors looked at it and said he would probably be good to go in two weeks. Obviously, he wouldn't have been training, wouldn't be up to maybe full fitness. So with that in mind, Daniil took what must have been an absolute agonising decision for him, to give up his place in the squad for somebody else that was fit and good to go. And whatever your thoughts of Daniil Henry as a player, and I've certainly made mine known over the years, I I wouldn't have had him in the squad from a playing perspective. It's a tremendous decision to make. It shows you the kind of team player that he is. And it it ties in with what you said last week, Zach, about just the impact that he has on the squad off the pitch.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the key thing is though that uh, my understanding is Michael Wright is he's going to travel with the team. Yeah, so he's going to be part of the group. Yeah, here. so I think uh, one, I think, I think it shows you the kind of person Danielle Henry is. Um, to 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 understand the the um, what's better for the whole is uh, even if it's not best for you is is the right decision. Because it is and, probably, if we're being honest, is only shot
1: at playing at a World Cup.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's not that old, but yeah, he's he's not that old, but he, yeah, he probably won't. It would be hard to see him being involved in. Yeah, unless he family. really
1: revitalizes his career.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm thankful that he's going to be able to actually be there and still, um, to be involved. I wonder how they make that happen. If They just name him in the, in their. Uh, their back the backroom staff like especially this late i wonder how they're gonna make that happen i wonder I, if they, i'm if sure Herman, there's ways that can but i wonder if herman's like uh yeah we uh hey Canda soccer we need one more room yeah logistically you and i've spoken michael how it's probably not been the easiest for them right no they have had a lot of issues in the build build up to this yeah but I I mean, ha- i'm so i'm happy he's going i yeah. i sent him a message just said dude like i'm gutted for you but it's but i'm happy that he's going to be there
1: I mean, Steve, we've talked about Daniil Henry, the good and the bad of Daniil Henry for many years on this podcast. John Herdman said today in his media call after the announcement that it was maybe one of the toughest days of his coaching career to have to to deal with that. And we, we spoke on the show last week, any player that misses out this late for any country because of an injury, you're just absolutely... Gutted and devastated for them.
2: Yeah, obviously. Yeah, same thing we saw for Max last week when he got injured, and then um, all the you know, concerns about Fonzie and everything when he went down. I think the same day it was. Um, uh, for him, I, I I I agree with you. It, it it was probably a very difficult decision, but in his case, that he probably thought it was the right one. And I, like Zach said, I talked to him a couple times, and he's always been like team first. Like you can have your issues with, you know, the way he defends. I personally don't have a major issue. Yeah. he makes a mistake here and there. A lot of defenders do. But I've always had a place for him. Um, For me, though, uh, the injury itself, like you you could say it's a craft strain. It's a different environment in Qatar. And it's like you, it might, that might have played a part. Like it it probably, Mm. like if it was like in North America or like it, it, it's a different type of, thing where the calf might not be treated as well, right? Like it's uh, the, the 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 weather, the, the dampness, yeah. whatever the aridness it is, whatever Qatar is like, the dryness, it might not help the calf. Uh, and he might re-injure it too during, if he was on the pitch or even training or something like that. Well,
1: that that's the thing. And that's something I've thought about just in general. I wonder how many injuries we are going to see this tournament because of the weather conditions. Yeah. And maybe some players that's just got this little niggle, the heat just makes it worse for them. Yeah,
0: yeah managers, and, managers are really going to need to use those five subs yeah. well.
1: Yeah, and that's why we've got the bigger squads as well. Yeah. But, I mean, we wondered how Scott Kennedy's absence, who it would open the door for. Now with nail missing, it seems to have opened the door for both Derek Cornelius and Joel Waterman. And I do wonder if both were in the... or uh, You've got two additions there to replace, say, one going out. And I do wonder if... By losing Danil and losing that now, that they have thought we maybe want to shave off a midfielder or a forward, so we can get another defender in there.
2: Well, I, I feel like they shaved off fullbacks. Like they're, they're they're lacking fullbacks really right now, and that's you know, like for me, the choice of Waterman I think came down to the fact that he's played with Johnston and Miller before, yeah. So he's got that connection, and I think Cornelius. Um, I think his skill type and everything is very similar to Vitoris, I think, and that's why they brought him in. So I think they, they want to hedge their all their bets and make sure that they're covered at that centre-back position because they seem to have a lot of players that could potentially play there. Right now, I, I think there's like five, mm. essentially, that are could be centre-backs, and I think you need that because we've seen the history of the Whitecaps. When centre-backs go down, it's like the team goes down as well. Yeah, I know. Ne- I and, think
0: they're I think they're okay at fullback though, right? I mean, you have you have uh, Lareya and Johnson on the right. You yeah. have Adakube and Davies on the left. Obviously, that's not the and, ideal. I mean, for ideally, Davies. yeah, they
1: don't want Fonzie back there, but and
2: Kamal Miller can play there too in should... a pinch. Um,
0: and and asking Derek Cornelius
2: if you really need this. No, that. not Cornelius. Kamal Miller. I, I, what I think started off as a left back. If I'm not mistaken, he, he moved over I to centre-back. I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then Buchanan, if you want, in a, in a, yeah, that's also true. in a pitch, he can play both sides. You can play right and left if
1: he needed to. I mean, Derek Cornelius, he hasn't played for Canada since October last year against Jamaica in the 0 0 draw in the World Cup qualifying. But of he has an been involved of his own accord. Actually, probably not. If it was of his own accord, I'm sure he would have played. But he has been in pretty much. All the squads, just a, a couple squads here and there he has, and he's got yeah. he's got the experience, he's got fourteen appearances under his belt. Now, Joel Waterman made his Canadian debut in that friendly against Bahrain. And he's had a great season and we've we've known Joel for years and we've had him on the show and he's a he's a great guy and I mean what a story. He has risen from playing it with Trinity Western Spartans. Then he played um, USL, PDL-League 2, with TSS Rovers, Calgary Foothills, got into the CPL with Cavalry, made the move to Montreal, as the, the first CPL player to make that move to MLS, and now he's at the World Cup, all in the space of four years. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and he sent Rudy Camacho to the bench. Yes, which, is a huge <laughs> which has probably.
1: pleased lots of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the pleasure of calling his last games in college soccer when it was the U-Sport Nationals at Thunderbird Stadium in in 2018, and you knew he was a talent, and he's just got better and better and better, I'm absolutely delighted for him, he hasn't been, he has been named to some previous squads, but obviously hadn't, like, made an appearance or not, and two days now after making his debut, he's going to be off to the World Cup. I mean, it's a great story, Steve, and it's one of those stories that for players playing in the CPL or playing in college soccer, looking to get into CPL, it's something that can be held up with 2026 on the horizon, that in four years' time, that could be them.
2: Yeah, and and you're you're going to get noticed in CPL and then um, by the MLS teams and the Canadian national team is going to notice you. So it's not like, I think it's a very good point that you know just because you're at the CPL level, even if you're younger, it's not a bad place to start, and you'll get your playing time, and you'll get noticed, and people. If you're good enough, you'll get noticed, and you'll be in position to be in where Waterman is.
1: Yeah, I mean Zach Joel's rise is an inspiration to to young players all over, but he's earned it as well. He's had a really good season for Montreal, and. I am genuinely delighted. There's two players I'm cock-a-hoop over in the squad, and we'll come to one in the next part when we get to the midfielders. But Joel Waterman, for me, when I saw that name, I was like, oh, yes, well done.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I know Mike Sheeran, who was his coach at Trinity Western, who uh, speaks very highly of him and his uh, ascent. And, uh, yeah, I'm really, really happy for for him to to make this squad I, I i know he's i think there's been some online criticism especially from probably out east or other parts of the country but um yeah just i think this is great for him and like you said i think this is hopefully lays the foundation for him being involved more down the road cuz i don't think barring injury or sending offs you know we don't expect him to you know start a game or even potentially even be brought on as a sub but um I think uh, there's something special about being involved um, uh, at this, uh, especially at the stage of the career that he is at. So, yeah. And it, it also is, yeah, I think uh, rewarding his, his ascent and the kind of the the journey he's on, which is, which is really great. You've also seen lots of really great comments from people like uh, John Herdman about, you know, the significance of the lower uh, of, of the various levels in Canada you know CPL in particular but obviously that extends to when someone like Waterman's case extends to you know uh League One BC slash um USL whatever PDL and uh and college as well so uh that's really encouraging for him to to emphasize the importance of the of the pyramid in particular the 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 newer top of it in Canada the talking about Sheehan
1: and what he's told us and stuff about joe and just other people that i've spoken to that know him when he was at college i can't remember where it was it was somewhere in central america or south america he went to work with um to deal with the poverty and uh just like poor children and underprivileged children and youth and stuff and that opened his eyes as to not just the player he wanted to be, but the man he wanted to be, and to give back to the community. And his personal growth from that time has just been fantastic. And that's another reason that you've got to just be delighted for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you go when you go different places in the world and you see what the world's like, it yeah. Hopefully, uh, that's one of the effects that it it has. You know, it opens your eyes to how big the world is and how, um you know, what's going on in it or your place in it or how fortunate you are or the ability you have to uh bless others and yeah.
1: Yeah, fantastic story. Last player want to talk about defence before we wrap this bit up is another fantastic rise, which is Alistair Johnston. In twenty nineteen, he's coming out of college. He'd been playing in League One Ontario over the summers with Vaughn Azuri. He was drafted by Nashville. And there's been no looking back for him since. And he now has 29 caps, one goal as well. The Whitecaps could have got him in the draft because he went 11th overall to Nashville, whereas the Whitecaps had the fourth pick and they went with with Ryan Raposo. But we have spoken about this before, Zach, that if he had come here, he probably wouldn't have developed the same way. I'm not sure he would have got the playing time he got with Nashville and he wouldn't be the player... That yesterday and he might not be at the World Cup.
0: You said it, Michael. So that's at AFTN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, On do Twitter, that. Because
1: that, that's not my Twitter handle. Oh, what is it? <laughs> AFTN
0: Soccer? At AFTN Canada. It's one of those two. <laughs> it is one of those two, yes. Yeah. AFTN. Uh yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't I don't disagree with you. And we've talked about this at <laughs> length in the past. Um just so happy for the guy, right? Like he, oh, he yeah. Is, he is such a genuine, like, not, not down to earth, like, nice guy. Like,
1: when yeah, you and meet BC Connections, his dad from here played with Westside over the
2: years.
0: Right. Is that Simon Fudge's men's team?
2: Yes. He says. Yeah.
3: yeah, okay. yeah. At,
2: yeah he, he, he's not the only like defender that's on the World Cup team that was passed over by the Whitecaps because you had in 2019, Kamal Miller picked 27.
1: That's true. Yeah. They could have had him as He'd well. Right. And of course, they could have had some at a for longer than they did.
2: Yeah. So it's it's, it's, it's nothing that new with the white caps to who they have and who they don't have. Yeah. But that's
1: our look at the goalkeepers and defenders. Let's move up the pitch now. These are the guys that's tasked with keeping the ball out of the net. Let's have a look at the players that are tasked with putting it in the net and controlling the midfield battle. And we will be back looking at the midfielders and the forwards after this.
3: This is Atiba Hutchinson, and you're listening to the AFTN Show.
1: Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, yes, we played it in last week's show and we spoke to the man behind it, Neil Grant. I'm still plugging it. It's Canada's unofficial World Cup song, Nobody Believed Us, written by Neil Grant. You can get it on all the usual places, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere that you download your music from. Video is also up on YouTube. Well, the song's up on YouTube. It's not really much of a video. But you can check it out on YouTube as well. And the reaction, I'll be honest, I was hoping for more of a reaction than, than we got for it. It's only been a couple of comments, really, on it so far. as And no one said they hated it. Uh, a couple of mixed and a couple it was a bit of a grower for them. So check it out. Neil Grant, Nobody Believed Us. Has it grown in you, Zach, from hearing it last week?
0: Your opening comment of no one has said they hate it is <laughs> probably probably uh I I understand that 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 um that summary. Um I, I haven't listened to it since we've since I since you first sent it to me. I mean it hasn't
1: been stuck in your head.
0: No, no, unfortunately. But like that's just again, I think I said on the last episode it's it's not not quite my cup of tea. But here's the thing. I'm a little bit surprised that it hasn't got more uptake. You know, or uptick from you, you you plugging it. I mean, you're the guy who started the whole Ryan Gold for Canada um, <laughs> uproar around the world. Yeah. Surely you could have, surely you should have had more of an impact on something like this. I will keep banging the drum
1: for both those things. Steve, as a, what, what was your thoughts on this song?
2: I thought it was a decent song. I like, like you said, uh, I think similar to that. Cause it's not my cup of tea, but I think it's a decent song for a World Cup song. I think it'll grow. Yeah, I think in future years you'll have it in your um, Our hall you know, of fame. Yeah, hall of fame or uh, the songs that you play for the
0: World Cup times. Or it's a grower, as you say. I,
2: I, I don't, I don't hate it. I've I heard worse yeah. World Cup songs. For sure. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, a lot of those old songs back in the day were all, like just dreadful in the player. Oh would, yeah, wait till the one we're playing in part four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At right, least but... we don't have to listen to what we record, right? No, that's true. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> and most folk will just switch off by that point anyway. So we're all good. <laughs> right, let us get into our, the our midfield. Come on. Yeah, second part. A Canada squad. We're going to look at the eight midfielders now. The old man of the World Cup, Atiba Hutchison from Bishictus, Jonathan Nasario from TFC, Stefan Stakio from Porto, Liam Fraser from. Is it Dienz or Danes? Or... I wasn't nice. trying to pronounce that. Dainz. Dainz. I, I think okay. dainz, yeah It's like Heinz. Ah. no, sorry.
0: I think it might. Sorry. I think it might be Dainza Dancer, like Heinzer Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. Gabriel Heinz. Sa- Samuel Piet from Montreal. Mark Anthony Key from TFC. Ishmael Coney from Montreal. And the other player that I am Cock-a-hoop about, Spoonie We've Back got a Scottish it. player at the World Cup. Woohoo! Back in it. Back yeah, in it. Their spoon. St. Johnston.
2: Well, four or five years ago, this was not the Scottish player I was expecting to be at the World Cup. <laughs> very true.
1: I saw a couple of people, I don't know if it was half in jest or not, saying, oh, I am not. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Scott Arfield named in it tomorrow. I was like, I'd be very surprised if we see Scott Arfield named in that.
0: Okay, do we want to start? The, do we want to talk about that right now?
1: Um, oh, no, no.
2: Let's do post-World Cup. Let's do this too positive. Let's look at who's
1: in it. Yeah. Because I'm going to ask you at the end of all this about any omissions or whatever. But so let's look at who's in it. Atiba, first of all, he's 39. He's going to be the oldest player at the World Cup. He's second Canada's oldest ever for outfield. Oh really? Team. Oh for outfield? no, outfield, no Mila.
2: No, didn't. Mila playing. That's the 40s? why I said second. I said second. Oh, hmm. second. Second oldest. So after,
1: I... after Roger Mila. Yeah,
2: after Roger Mila. Like, oh. the rest of them are goalkeepers, basically. Right. He was yeah. all... There was an Argentinian and... Uh, uh, Dino Atiba Zoff, beat... I think, and, would be been. was like 40, I think. Yeah. What? Was he a goalkeeper? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a striker from Argentina who was... uh But uh, Atiba beat him by a month because he was 39 and eight months instead of 39 and nine months. Huh? I don't recall uh, the guy's name.
1: So if Atiba scores, he's got to go and do a Roger Mia don't dance at the corner flag. Uh, will
0: he? Will he score with his butt like he did in qualifying?
1: <laughs> I I am pretty sure that well, so everyone hilarious. cheering on Canada will not care how where it comes off if the ball ends up in the back of the net for any player.
0: Yeah, I'm so so excited for him. I, he got to play. He played in the in the cup for Besiktas. Turkish cup. Yeah. So yeah mm. this this week last week. Yeah. The, last well, I guess last week midweek. Yeah. Come
1: on. I mean. But we've spoken to Atiba. He's spoken about this to other folk as well. That he probably never thought he was going to get this opportunity.
0: Oh, he said that. He's yeah. he's come out and said it. Yeah, And I never. To I have never dream- this,
1: and then he's got another one coming up, obviously in four years as well, because he's going to keep going. That would be nice. You know, I wouldn't. Like, I'm joking, but you know what? I would not put that past happening.
0: I don't think it can happen with. The way the game and the players have progressed, but like, if this was like, if somehow you know the team of like four to eight years ago had made made mm-hmm. been in a World Cup, like at this point, yeah, with that level, then I would have said, yeah, for sure. But yeah, not I with can. where, not with, not with, with like a guys like Kone mm-hmm. and with them trying to bring in players from around the world with Canadian connections, yeah. I can't see it. You could so just the talent the- is the- 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 the-
2: yeah. rising.
3: Yeah,
0: he could. He could be the he could be the Daniel Henry of the next squad. I guess. Maybe. <laughs>
1: Well, let's let's talk about Coney. And we talked about the rise of some defenders. What a absolute fantastic rise he's had. We we spoke to his former youth coach a few episodes mm. ago from CS Saint Laurent, and he's he's gone from playing at youth level to going into Montreal. They scouted him. They've brought him on. He's now going to a World Cup. He got that first goal against Bahrain, Steve. And there's so much. Striking talent, forward winger talent. When you've got a guy now like Coney as well, that can play through the middle and can get these goals, we're starting to improve every area now of the pitch.
2: Yeah, and Mid- midfield was the the one area that I was concerned about a little bit because of the fact that Hutchinson was old. I think I felt like Estacio was the only player there, uh, but Coney could be that pairing with Estacio for like not only this World Cup but the next World Cup too. And I think that's really like by the time Cody, the next World Cup, he's going to be in like prime. Well, yeah, he's 20, right now, he's 20 just right, now. So, how yes. good
1: is he going to be in these next four years?
2: Yeah. And so, that's the thing like that, that, like what he's going to be like. This is almost like a training ground for him for the when he actually the, the World Cup in 2026. Uh, it's great experience for him in this case. And the fact I thought I had a feeling he was going to make the team, but now I could see him starting. Like there is a potential for I could mm-hmm. see where he starts the games and, um, and Kone, like, yeah mm-hmm. Kone. Like yeah. there's a couple of players that are, like I I, do, I put there's only like one or two players that I put put ahead of them right now. I don't know what kind of midfield they're gonna have. Well, that's that's the thing because yeah. we'll we'll
1: come to who we think our our 11s yeah. are at the end of this. But when I was drawing mine up, the midfield was what I struggled with. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the rest is pretty much. Depending on what formation John Herdman goes for, I think the rest's
0: pretty much set. I, I've and, heard some people. I've heard some people say that they could see him starting against Croatia to kind of as a bit of a wild card and someone who will pressure them more and be able to recover and react more.
1: He's got a bit uh, of an older team there as well. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's, he's younger. And, yeah. They're
0: older, but technical. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he is a, a definitely an interesting option and provides a different look than. You know, a Mark anthony K, Samuel Piet, uh, Lee, obviously Liam Fraser, uh, you know, Witherspoon. He, he just provides something different. And, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It's interesting when you talk about how are they going to configure that midfield? What do they want out of that midfield? Yeah. But the one thing that they do want out of that midfield, the only thing that I can guarantee you is that it will always include oh, Stephen Estakio. or for Eustachio. sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Well,
0: yeah. yeah, let's talk about the form he's in
1: just now. I mean, he's a dual national. He could have held on to see if his form got him into the Portuguese team. And I I tell you, with the form that he's on, you don't know. Obviously, there's a lot of talent ahead of him, but he's in the form of his life just now. He's got five goals and five assists a season, and in his last five games, um, he's got two goals in the Champions League, two goals and two assists. And that is just tremendous. If he can carry this in now, to the world stage, international level with Canada, wow! What yeah. what a boost all of a sudden the team has.
0: You just hope that, that that he can carry on the form. I know everyone's been watching those games on DAZN, uh, you know, and just been so impressed and so encouraged and so excited by his form. That yeah, that that could be. I mean, we talk about all the exciting attacking players and maybe the concerns over the defense and and whatever, but that could. He could be the the source of what really um, Canada's success at this tournament. He could be at the heart. He could literally be at the heart of it, right? David Witherspoon.
1: We we talked about him. I I wasn't sure he was going to make it. I, I obviously taking aside the whole Scottish aspect. He impressed in those initial World Cup qualifiers. Then he had that horror injury that's ruled him out for almost a year, and he's only just recently come back to play and he started off the bench a couple of times for St Johnstone, he's got his place back now as a starter, he's a leader on that team, and he's been so influential and key to St Johnstone's rise over the years, they've, they've won a couple of cups, they've done stuff that they would never have thought they were going to do as a small provincial club, he's been a key part of that, and I don't know how much minutes, if any, that he might get this tournament. But having that experience and an older head in there as well, I think is good for the locker room.
0: Yeah. Did one, you? Oh, go ahead, Steve.
2: I was going to say one player that, uh, like, like we were talking about players that are come out of nowhere. Um, the player in the midfield for me is the appraiser. Like, mm. uh, and like, like two, three years ago, who would have, you know, first of all, who would expect us to be in the World Cup? But who would expect them to be in on 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 that being, you know, roster and everything like that?
0: Um and, and talking about another player who had a cup of tea with the Whitecaps as well. Yeah, did you did you guys see the video of his the reaction to him finding yeah. out? Oh, I, see really see? Really I cannot not bring a saying. tear to your eye. Oh. Yeah. Steve, he's on the phone to his like parents or something, just like weeping.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally like happy for the guy. Like the yeah. he he had a lot of skill even when he and, and you know I know he's not BC born, uh, but you know he played I think uh a piece arch he was he was on the pub there he was in Surrey Guildford and then went to the Whitecaps and then eventually went out, out of BC but a lot of his you know building blocks were set up in BC
3: mm-hmm.
2: very true
1: and i mean talking about that video and we, we've spoken about this before about this team it's a very likable group of players and it's like that's a dream I think, for a, a national organisation, or it should be, whether <laughs> Canta Soccer has fully exploited that fact or not. I, I genuinely don't know. Oh, but you look at some oh, other teams. Are you, saying,
2: are you saying, did they exploit them? Are they have exploited them? Oh, you have or, exploited or they, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the forwards very quickly before I end up saying anything else that'll get me into trouble yeah. here. Eight forwards on the team. Alfonso Davies from some German team. Jonathan David from Lille, Kyle Larn, Club Bruges, Ike Ekubo from Troy, Lucas Cavallini from some
0: MLS team, for now. I believe it's Troy, isn't it? I know, I
1: I was like, that doesn't seem right, I don't think it's Troy.
0: Troy. (laughs) The only thing you could have said worse is, he's from the Troys. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lucas Cavallini, Vancouver Whitecaps, Tejon Buchanan, Club Bruges, Junior Hoylet from Reading, and Liam Miller from Basel.
3: Basel. It's
2: such one, a,
1: a dangerous attack.
2: Yeah, yeah, the one thing disappointing for this whole team, this whole side, is that, you know, that you know, FC unattached, we, we used to get so many players from that <laughs> club. And well, they've just not invested.
1: No, they've yeah. not invested. They've
0: not invested, that's true. Yeah.
1: I mean, some of their players were signed. Where did that money go? Where did yeah. that money go? <laughs> But it's such a dangerous attack, and I think it's a handful for any defence in the world, when, if you look at the front three of, like, Larne David and Davies, they are in full flow. Sometimes they're unplayable. You obviously have to have the other stuff that goes with that, and they just can't rely fully on that. And I think that's the thing, when you look just overall at the squad, do you think the support and cast is there to give Canada a real fighting chance at this because they can't just rely on getting the goals they've got to no. keep it out the net and they've got to control the middle of the park in these games
2: Yeah and that's the that's the issue right where like how do you get the most players from this attacking group on the field without harming your back end uh because that's the question um for, for me like even um are you able to play Laren and David on the pitch at the same time? Or do you play one at, uh, at a time and then have better wing support for whatever player is going to be in the middle? That's the question for me. Like, is Laren going to be good starting and then David come off the bench or do you want, or do you put them both on? It's, it's, well, they did do
1: that in a lot of the, the of yeah. qualifiers, right enough.
2: Right. So the, that's, that's the big question for me. Like, can you find a spot for them both? Can you play maybe David as a, uh, a secondary striker or something and Laren as the number nine or something.
0: I don't I, know. I, I find it hard to believe that in any of these games at this World Cup in the group stage or should they advance that they are going to start the matches with both David and Laren as outnotes like strikers. Yeah. You, and I don't think they'll start either with David up front and Laren on the wing either i think they like they've done in qualifying they want to have options off the bench to either say okay david you ran your legs off it's time for kyle to come in uh
1: that's a very good point i might make some changes to my little team that we're gonna have in a second you should probably consider that that. yeah yeah because i hadn't considered that i was just getting carried away with getting my best players in there before we get to that then any surprise omissions for either of you Scott Arfield, we obviously touched on. (laughs) But uh, But that would have been a bigger
0: surprise if he wasn't. wasn't, Yeah, Yeah, that's not a surprise. For me,
2: um, they're not... I I personally, I don't see it as a surprise omission because who do you take out of the lineup if you put that player in? Uh, But a couple of them that I thought would have had a chance, um, I think Raheem Edwards was such such good form in MLS that I thought there might have been a spot for him. But again, who do you take out? I don't know. Um and and other than that, I I don't really see much obviously people in the in the Toronto might say I okay, yeah but I don't think he was in great form. No. TFC wasn't. if I'm not mistaken. So
1: I I, I I think the forwards that we've got there is better than
2: him. The only person that I thought I again, I don't know what kind of form he was in, but uh Theo Carbon, whenever he was on the mm. team, he was really player playing well, but I guess that, that other people have just surpassed him at this point. Yeah, so. he
1: hasn't been really playing at the level that John Herdman wants him to be playing at, but there was so much high hopes for him. I think it just time I, ran out for
2: Berber, him. Remember, he's only 20, so yeah. this is, he's yeah. still got
1: a lot yeah. of lot time. Time ran run out run. for I, this squad for him.
0: I I think the top three omissions barring injury are, are the ones Steve has said. And for me, it's our field is not even a a question or a concern because that decision was made a long time ago. And I think it was the right decision for the right reasons. Um, I, I agree with you Edwards. I thought maybe there could be a place for Edwards in this team. Although if they were going to have him in the team, I think they would have lost. Um, they would have lost either a uh, Frazier or one of the attackers like, yeah. like a Liam Miller potentially. Um, and so I, I, th- I think that was still the right decision, and then the the last one is uh who who's oh uh, oh Akinola I really like Akinola, and I think uh, he has a lot of upside, and I really hope that um that for twenty twenty six he will be in a place that puts him in the squad for twenty twenty six. I really hope too that um he. He doesn't get. I, I hope Bob Bradley makes good decisions around him, and and by that I don't mean you know starting him every game or whatever. Maybe it's they need to loan him out somewhere in MLS. Well, where I he's don't see play him more. as a
1: starter for TFC. That's the
0: thing. Well, well no, that's a, uh, yeah. When they bring in such big players, and you're likely to play them through the middle, or yeah, or, they're, sure. or they're likely to take spots up in attacking. It it'll limit limit his. Well, there was so all I, the rumors last off season that the Whitecaps were very
1: much interested in bringing him here
0: yeah, I, yeah think, I, I think for him he needs to go somewhere where he's going to play virtually every game
2: yeah i i think i think that he's young enough that i think even a move overseas would be good for him oh yeah that would be the or, idea well, well, a that's, or
1: that's the thing how many of these canadians are going to earn moves overseas as well because well, if they just have to have a semi-decent tournament and there's going to be interest in them well, oh, yeah. if
2: Club is you know, Kyle Lahren has a good World
0: Cup, Club Bruges sells him up. Maybe they need another Canadian to bring him yeah.
2: as a striker, a big size Canadian. So
0: that's going to be smart for him. Michael, are there any, any uh, omissions that you had concerns about?
1: No, I mean, Edwards was probably the one. I, would, I think I would have included him maybe at the expense of Liam Miller because I don't think you need eight forwards. Because yeah. in a Canadian point of view... You need to be have solid defensive play, and building yeah. that midfield. And I, I think you could sacrifice a forward.
0: So you think, um, like for you, Edwards would be that secondary left back. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, you, that, you, that you, way
2: you don't yeah. force to bring Fonsy in there. Yeah, and I
0: mean,
1: you also sure. can't help but think what could have been for Christian Gutierrez as well. oh yeah that he wanted but it's not a surprise emission obviously at this point no but if you asked us this time last year yeah that would have been a surprise emission oh yeah for sure
0: yeah he he is someone again also i hope by 2026 he's in a place where he's he can be involved the thing i want to say about this squad is uh i just want to say uh because i've been hard on him and i and i still hold um critiques of of him especially as a player um but I think like just I want to congratulate Lucas Cavallini. Like he did uh despite, you know, stepping on a guy's head or whatever, he he <laughs> did he did he the, did enough. There's a phrase you don't use but well despite stepping on a guy's head.
2: No, but he <laughs> exactly he, he, <Zach>, <laughs> technically it's it's called curb stopping. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> well, but no, he he did enough um attacking wise to be in enough form to earn his spot because i don't know, it was a year ago we were having this conversation and i was just like yeah i don't know if he makes the top seven we, had, we
1: said he had to be have a good year yeah and so, like, so hats off to him yeah for and doing i mean obviously do... i've been very critical of him this year as well I, and the reason for that is is because he frustrates the hell out of me because you know he's such a good player and you know he can do it at the top level and i like aggressive players i've no issue with that yeah but it's the stupid stuff that he does that goes the, along with it. It
0: is. It's the mental side of his game that needs to, that has room for growth.
2: Back-up.
1: Yeah, and when you've got players like that, that can be a liability. I totally different level. But was watching the U Sports men's soccer championship today, and one of the Thompson Rivers players on a yellow card has a swipe out at UBC players. who's going by him and brings him down and gets a straight. Well, not should have been a straight red, but he gets a second yellow and sent off. Ultimately, it didn't cost his team, but that's the kind of thing as a coach, you know, a cup final, you've got a guy in a yellow card, and he just does, the red mist comes over him and he just does something stupid. And um, so that's did... what Kav has always got, just hanging there.
0: Rivers FC won?
1: Rivers FC beat Varsity FC, yes. But we'll on. come to that at the end of the show, Sorry. is my final thought. Spoiler. Yeah. Um Right, let's get to our, our starting 11s. And I want to ask you both for formation because I went back and forth with so many different formations here. three-five-two, four-three-three, four-four-two, four-four-two Diamond. And I know some things may change depending on the opposition. And I know John Hedman's liked this 352 a lot. I feel at this level that's almost suicidal to go for that unless your three is basically a five and you're Mm -hmm. not maybe attacking too much forward but i went with 433 but after our little chat even just in this i think i'm going to switch again to
0: 442 i mean the the great thing about john herdman and about the squad is they have shown tactical flexibility. Mm-hmm. They have shown, shown the willingness to, I mean, the, you can tell they've done the hard work of analyzing their opponent and of knowing their players. They're very few, I, I can you think of many times where you're like, oh yeah, this Canada team and this qualifying, that's a square peg in a round hole. No, they're very, very much. They know what they have. They know who they're playing and they execute very well. I, I loved it in the early rounds. How they said we need to hammer these teams. We need to play like a, yeah, it was, it was sort of like a, a, a three, um, a three three four, you know. And they were just like, yeah, we have these fullbacks or these wingbacks, but they're essentially attackers, right? Like you yeah. had Fonzie playing like a left side, but he was like, you know, a left winger the whole game.
1: And you know, um, the opponents in those games aren't huge goal threats, and they're not no. going to be launching too many these no, four I think well. in
0: one of those games, I think they essentially played with two guys at the back and like didn't worry about it right so but then when it came to other games yeah you saw you saw f- a lot of 433 you saw a bunch of 352 where they they were flexible michael they were able mm-hmm. to play more defensively they were able to get the most of it going forward out of those wingbacks and that's where i think um it, and they have played also four 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 two, which kind of has morphed into sometimes a 424 four almost for them um because of the attacking nature of their players and the situations they found themselves in but um so it's exciting and and it is a little bit hard it is a little bit like uh what what are they going to do now if you're talking what i think the formation will be out of the gate against belgium i think that's maybe a little bit different than like what i think Mm -hmm. is the best you know if i'm sitting down to play fifa and i'm going to use canada what am I gonna do? You know what I mean. So how how do you want me to? How do you want me, do you want to shape this at all or no? Uh,
1: let's. I mean, do we all agree that the shape and tactics employed against Belgium are probably going to be different to what they have against Croatia and Morocco? It has to be. Yeah,
2: yeah I think so they're maybe,
1: going to
0: have
2: maybe different let's look at the last. Let's look I, at the I, last I, two I, games and what so we might I, go I, for I, with that. Like like I'll go first if you want. Yeah, you guys can play off that. Um, so I'm, I'm going with, I'm not worried about who my opponent is right now. I'm going with my best 11. Okay. Go, okay. So, so, so I'm not, this would alter if it was tactics, but I have a, I have a lineup that can go, um, uh, uh, three at the back and also be four at the back. And so I'll explain it. So, uh, so I'll go with my three at the back first. Johnston, Victoria, Miller, obviously. And then you have your, your wing backs as Buchanan and I approve now, if you want to switch it at to four of the back, Johnston moves to right back. Miller and Victoria are center back, and Atubis is left back. And then, um, so those then Buchanan moves up. Now, my two in the middle in my midfield are Atiba and Stockier to start off with, and my forwards are Alfonso, David, and Junior. And if you do go four of the back, like I said, Buchanan moves up, and Hoylet could slide into the behind David, or you could have Fonzie move into the middle and Hoylette goes to the left side. So that's my like where you could be fluid and you could this this would allow you to do three at the back
0: and four at the back if you wanted to. Interesting. Yeah. Mine is very mine is very similar to that, Steve. Um I, I I think that they are going to um I think they are out of the gate going to go somewhere where you're gonna see Miller as the left left. Uh, whether you call they call it a back, I'll call it a three four three. Let's, I'll, I'll call it that. And I think you're going to see Miller as that left center back. You're going to see Victoria as the uh, the center of the back th- back three, and you're going to see Johnston on the right. And then on the left side of the four in midfield, you're going to have Atakube, and on the right side, I think you all, it's the same as what you said too. You're going to have Tejan Buchanan, and in the middle, you're going to have absolutely a Stackio. And I think that they're going to go with uh, – to start with, they're going to start with Atiba, uh, Atiba yeah. there for ahead head and his experience.
2: I think especially the first game. Like, I, whoever the first game opponent was going to be, like it obviously is Belgium. Uh, but if, I think whoever it was going to be, I think they were going to start Atiba there yeah. for sure.
0: So then Davy, I have Davies on the left side in, in conjunction with Sam there on that left side. I have David through the middle. And I – the the right side is where I struggle with I struggle with the most. Cause I I don't know that I don't know that Hoylett's the best option there. Um and I could I, see them I could see them doing something different with even including Oso in like an attacking position where he's not maybe Oso even goes on the left and Alfonso goes on the right where Oso's more tucked in to give Sam more room, or he's on the right and it gives um Buchanan more room. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna call it a four three three, but I'm gonna include Oso in that in that front three, which I would never normally do.
2: I have a question for you guys, like, and you guys might know more about this than I do, but Junior for me, I see as a calm, like the way same way we see Ativa in the midfield, I see a Junior as a veteran who might be a calming influence on those forwards and kind of like kind of be able to connect well with Ativa and Estacio. Where I also, I see more of a, like a, I, I kind of see him as a wild card. I, I I like, there's some times I'd see him as like, is he a midfielder or is he an attacker? Like that's where I'm off with him a little bit. Uh, for,
0: for me with it, with Hoylet, the thing is Steve, I don't, uh, the way this team has progressed, I don't see him as in the top four attackers. Oh, okay. The kind of thing. So I, that's why I see him more as someone off the bench. Who Would can you? provide provide that what? leadership, but it also has some pace, uh, a trickery, can shoot from distance, yeah. help on set pieces, on the counterattack. Oh, he, he provides so much, but I don't see him being on the level of Davies, Buchanan, David, Laren. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: but but I, I I I I can also see John Herdman, you know, proving me wrong and including him in one of his starting 11s. Mm.
2: Oh, would you think uh, uh, Richie Larea
0: would be a better option at right wing back, and move Buchanan to right back, a right wing? Yeah, that's sorry. That's sorry. That's the other one I might do. Yeah, huh. yeah, because then you get more all, the more defensive help, and yeah. yeah, actually, I might do that instead of Osario. Huh. Yeah, that's probably that's probably what I would do more. Buchanan moved up, so you have you have David David between Davies and Buchanan, and you have Larea. Now, the only problem with that is it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility. Um. With With defensive options off the off the bench, so if you're like worried about Lareya and Atakubi being tired because they're running so much up and down those flanks, yeah, you're more asking like uh, a Johnson to move out there out there when you bring on someone to cover at center back, or you're asking Buchanan maybe to move back into a right back position, which he's done lots of. but but again, I just don't feel he's, he's tired.
2: I, I love Johnston, but I just don't feel like he's athletic enough to play on the wide on the right side. That would be my one
0: concern. I think I, he needs support. Then. I I think he is, but he I don't think he he doesn't he provides he doesn't provide the pace or the trickery going forward. But he defensively, yeah, but okay. defensively he's totally solid. Yeah. Having said that, we can't forget that Alistair Johnston is the guy who takes the shot from what. Twenty-five yards out at Edm- yeah. in Edmonton against Mexico that produces the, the you know the, the winning goal, goal or yeah. not the winning goal the go- the opening goal
3: yeah
0: um so um he can he can provide stuff going forward too I guess but yeah yeah
1: I I've changed mine now I had four three three going into it I'm kind of thinking it's still four three three stroke four five one just moving. Forward a bit defensive. I've got my back four of Johnson at right back, Victoria Miller as the two centre backs, and Samada Cookby as the left back. My three midfielders initially were Atiba Estacio and Asorio, and I initially had up front Fonsi, David, and Larn. But now I'm thinking play Fonsi on that left side. And if you've got, say, a five-man midfield or you drop him back, he's got some cover from Cookby, and the two of them could maybe do that switchy thing that we've seen here in the Whitecaps in the past and then stick
0: Buchanan in there as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But what, can, can I ask you a question from your initial one? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, what did your three in the midfield look like? Was it like a on top in front of Atiba and Estakio? Or was it flat? Or I kind of
1: had it flat with Osoria yeah. out on the left, but it makes more sense, obviously, to probably have them just in front of a Tiber and a Stachio.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: I just worry with that that we get ripped apart yeah. by the more dangerous teams, Belgium and Croatia. And Morocco is still a little bit of a, an unknown quantity, really.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, we'll come yeah. to that when we look at the groups in the next the, part. The, but...
0: the, the thing I like about the 3-4-3 the three, three I talked about is basically they'll transition into being a 4 Two three, or a a, five five, if you need five, two three, or a five, four one, or whatever they want. And I
1: think we'll need that. I think we will need to get those numbers back more often than not. It's going to be, I've also got this little thing in the back of my mind that we could
0: see Fonzie at left back. Wow.
2: I don't see that happening.
0: I don't see that happening either. Hmm. But here's here's the thing I, I, i I more so than before, and I know the showings against Uruguay and Bahrain maybe doesn't count as much, have not been great. But I still think that Canada's best tactic in these all these group games, even against Morocco, because Morocco has been very sound defensively, mm-hmm. it, the, the one thing that they have to use to their advantage, the one way that they can get results in all three of the games is using their pace well. And so I think you need to give push Fonzi further forward and utilize a Sam Adekube, who is not slow at all, uh, but and also really good defensively, um, to your advantage. And so I I would I let me put it, I would be surprised by that. Hmm. Because I also think And then
1: so would the opposition, that's the thing. True,
0: that's true, that's true. But I mean, they the maybe
1: give you the chance to get Lauren and David O in the pitch, but You have made, you've both made very good arguments as to why that wouldn't be a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I really, I would be, I would be shocked if in the opening game you see. Yeah. Opening game, no. But, but no, even in the second, uh, yeah, in the second game too. I I could see like, I could see like, hey, it's, hey, like we, we're going to the third game. We have a chance, but we have to win and we have to win by so many goals. Sure. Then maybe. But before that, I would be surprised. It's exciting. This is it, exciting time. It is. Well, that's our
1: look at Canada and the 26-man Canadian squad that is going to be doing the country proud over in Qatar. Let us know your thoughts on the team as well. Is there any surprise emissions there? Who would be your ideal starting 11 for this? What formation would you like to see John Herdman going for? Let us know all of that in the usual places, AFTN Canada on Twitter, Hotmail.com by email. We're going to turn our attention now to the other runners and riders, and we're going to kick off our previews of delving into groups A to H. And we'll be back with that after
3: this. Hi, I'm Derek Cornelius, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
4: When I think of all
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of November. From England, it's Suede. And last week we featured two songs from their debut album. This week we're going to feature two songs from their latest album, their ninth studio album, Autofiction, that was just released in September this year. And that was the first track on the album, and the first single to be taken from the album, She Still Leads Me On, a song about lead singer Brett Anderson's mum who had passed away when he was in his early 20s, and the whole album's kind of a self-reflection album, a little bit autobiographical as well, and it's called Autofiction because it's part autobiography, part fictional. But that's the the lead track from it. She still leads me on. Fantastic song. we have got one more song coming up from Suede to kick off part four. In this part, though, we are going to delve into the runners and riders in Qatar. It's each group we're going to kind of break down a a little bit here. I'm going to quickly ask who you've got to go through from each group, some just general thoughts on each group. And I'll, I'll set the scene before we get into that as well. And you can... Let me know what you're expecting or what games you're particularly looking forward to. And we're we're going to start, naturally enough, with Group A. So Group A is made up of Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal and the Netherlands. What I did was I had a look at the FIFA rankings and I've kind of put each group based on the strength of the rankings of where they are as of right now. So Group A is... Based on strength, the sixth toughest group. You've got Qatar, who are ranked 49th. Ecuador, who are 44th. Senegal are 18th. And the Netherlands are 8th. It's the the first appearance for Qatar. The only time that a host has not advanced at the World Cup was South Africa in 2010. Every other time they've moved on through the group stages. So Qatar's got that going for them. Ecuador, they were fourth in Conmebol finished fourth by two points over Peru in the end they missed out in Russia but they were at the World Cups in 2002, 2006, 2014 so this is their fourth appearance for Senegal they saw off Egypt in the African playoffs both games were 1-1 but Senegal won 5-4 on penalties this is their third World Cup They've previously been in it in 2002 and 2018. And then the Netherlands. They weren't at the last World Cup in Russia. They won European Group G by two points from Turkey. 2014, they finished third. That was their... Oh, this is going to be their 11th World Cup. They've three times been beaten finalists. and the build-up going into this in the qualifying, their, their leading scorer was Memphis Depay, who was the leading scorer throughout Europe in the qualifying, or joint leading scorer. He he got 12 goals. So the action in Group A, it kicks off on Sunday with the opening match and good. exciting stuff. Qatar, Ecuador. Then the next day on Monday, it's Senegal, Netherlands. So let, let's let start with Zach for this. What do you feel about Group A?
0: General thoughts. I know a lot of people kind of look at this group as kind of maybe being a weaker group and not as as exciting group. Uh, I think uh, that was, I think that perception was probably, uh, you know, enhanced from Qatar's performance in that friendly against Canada, which was really, 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 I think poor and below where they'll be at, you know, uh, come next Sunday uh, or this coming Sunday. Um, But uh, I, I, I think they are, I think, it's highly likely that they will follow in the footsteps of South Africa. And I do not see them advancing from the group along with Ecuador. I do see Senegal and Holland. Uh, I see their their opening match, um, which is match number two. I do see that potentially being the group decider for top spot. Because um, I think they're going to come one, two. Uh, Sadio Mane, I believe, went off for Bayern in their last game or their second last game of the season.
1: I believe I saw that on Twitter. I don't know what Bayern yeah. are doing to all these World Cup players.
0: Yeah, nothing. Um but helping them get ready as best they can. Um allowing them to play at the top level. Uh no, he he went off. I, and I have not heard anything about about where he's at or whatever. Uh he is obviously in the squad um and is their talisman, their you know key player um so I hope he's fit and good to go. Without him, I would, you know, hand the group easily to Holland, and 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 would probably still see them come be strong enough to come second.
2: Yeah, I I think there's a lot of things that can happen. I think uh, like Ecuador, nobody was even really expecting them to be in the World Cup. They're kind of a surprise. Um, I I I think probably the Netherlands is probably the the top you know seeded group to probably the easiest run uh, to winning their group out of all of them. I think they can. Uh, they should be able to run the run the group here. Um, for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna think Senegal is the team that that like if it was like another European team or something like that or a lower European team or someone, I, I think they might have a better chance. But Senegal can play in this kind of heat, and I think that that was mm-hmm. Qatar's biggest thing. Uh, that they would that their biggest advantage, and I don't think they have a great advantage over. Ecuador and Senegal over that, and I think that's gonna. The, I think I think Senegal is more talented. I think Qatar gets a big boost from being playing from it in their home stadium and their in front of their home fans. But I I think Senegal's got enough to uh, put a second in this I, one.
0: I do want to say about Holland that I could see them. They also could trip up. Memphis Depay. Uh, I, last I th- last game I saw for Barcelona, I thought he was like in the crowd, like not even in the 18. He's obviously been usurped uh, as the Kind of one of the main attackers at Barca by the arrival of Robert Lewandowski, um, and I just I don't really fancy him. Like I don't fancy him as be- if he's your top man to me, you're you're, you're kind of in trouble. I, even though I know he's performed for them at previous tournaments, um, also. But uh, I think
2: he I think Memphis is more of a um, like he's a more of a team scorer. Not like he's not the he's not a Lewandowski kind of player where he's going to carry the team. I think right. the team actually helps him score. Yeah, no, that's true. That's fair. Right.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Uh, um, but I also worry for them because Virgil Van Dijk is not in great form at Liverpool, mm. and so uh, well, Liverpool's be... not
1: in great form. Well, yeah, exactly. yeah. That's,
0: that's, that's that goes; those go hand in hand. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if what he how he performs at the tournament.
1: I I think this is going to be one of the tightest groups. I actually have Qatar going through in this. I think they'll finish second, and I've got Holland winning it, Qatar second, Senegal third, but. I've got it as very, very close. When we do our our snake draft next, it's going to be interesting to see who picks who. Of...
0: Well, you know you can leave Qatar. To the oh, that's true, because
1: two Steven... teams will not be getting picked. And if you two don't fancy them, I've always got them as a dark horse I can throw yeah. in at the end.
0: You can throw your money away on that
1: one, Michael. Yeah. Of course, I won't be picking England at all, even if I think they're going to do well in this tournament, which I don't, which brings which... us on to Group B. Which means Steve can have them. <laughs> (laughs) yes so group B England Iran the US Wales interesting political dynamics in in this group all round a lot of countries have been at war with each other over the years uh, in this group England ranked 5th in the FIFA rankings Iran 23rd US 14th and Wales 19th if you look at the strength of the rankings this is the strongest group because you've got 4 teams in the top 23 and I don't know how much you bother with the FIFA rankings because a lot of it is nonsense. But England got here. They won Group I over in Europe with six points. They were undefeated. They only dropped four points along the way. Only gave up three goals. This is their 16th World Cup. They've been at the last seven. And Harry Kane was in outstanding form with 12 goals, tying Memphis DuPay as the leading scorer in Europe. Wales were second in UEFA Group E, on 15 points, five behind Belgium, one ahead of the Czechs, they beat Austria 2-1 in the playoff semis, and then, boo, 1-0 win over Ukraine. Gareth Bale got all three goals for them, in those playoffs, obviously in a rich vein of form, as we saw when he was playing for LAFC last weekend. This is Wales' first World Cup, since 1958, their second overall. US, were third in CONCACAF and 25 points, tied with Costa Rica. They had three losses, but they had six more goals in Costa Rica. That's what took them through. It's their 11th World Cup. They didn't qualify last time out, but they had been in the previous seven before that. And Iran, they were first in the Asian Group A, 25 points, two ahead of South Korea, just one loss, just four goals given up, and this is their sixth World Cup. They've been in four of the last five, missing twenty ten when they were led by Afshin Gopi for the second half of the campaign. The right. new Vancouver FC head coach. Yeah. So let's start with Steve for Group B. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think England has an easy run here as well. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I, second place is really up for grabs here, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Obviously, the USA versus Iran, and they're you know. Um, uh, kerfuffles over the years. Probably, probably an interesting game to
1: watch. I can't uh, remember what the year was when Iran had that one nil win over them. I was watching it in Scotland, so it's two thousand six or before.
2: Was it a World Cup? I think it was yeah. World Cup, right? Yeah, I, I think. Wait, wait, I, so were you, what were you talking
1: about, Michael? That one nil win that Iran had over the US. That was
0: France ninety
1: eight. <sighs> God, it's yeah. going way back.
2: So, so I, 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 but the US is very weird because. Mm. When you hear the Americans talking about it, they're like talking about it. They're definitely going to, you know, make it in advance of the World Cup and making multiple rounds. But when you look at the squad, I'm not 100% sure. I don't and think it, it's
1: it, a good squad at all.
2: I don't think so either. Like, and, and I think even like they can finish ultimately fourth in this group if, <laughs> if they don't, if they have their form over the qualifying that they had, because they weren't good in qualifying at all. Like, they were. They were dropping points to teams that they should not drop to, and this is, this is these are better teams than Wales and Iran.
0: That Iran U.S. game was two one for Iran. I, I saw a TSN feature where they had a bunch of the Iranian players in the stadium where they're going to play the States and Qatar, reflecting on it and reflecting on their role oh. in the ninety eight game. And yeah, it's it's a it's a massive game, uh, and this is uh, I, like you said, a really interesting group where you have these teams that have such rich, uh, you know. Geopolitical um, connections to each other, or issues with each other, or whatever wars.
3: It's just well, I mean, it's like all,
2: even... ultimately, if Scotland was here instead of Wales, then it would have been like you know even hell oh, Yeah, like
1: but I mean, England, Wales, Wales will rise to the occasion for that. And yeah. we saw in the Euros when they played each other, it wasn't yeah. an easy game. No,
0: I. I uh, so the, for me, this is different. Group A, my head and my heart were like aligned. Like, no problem. I think what what is going to happen is what I kind of would want to happen. Although I might want Senegal to beat Holland, actually, but close enough. With this group, it's hard. Because like you, Michael, uh, and prob- uh, I uh, I would be happy to see England crash out. And like all of us, I'd be happy to see the United US, States gosh, crash out. So my heart would say, Iran tops the group and Wales comes second. <laughs> comes uh, I think a lot but of women would...
2: A lot of women refer Iran to fresh out as well. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think I think the Wales is the you know the universal pick out of everybody. Yeah, I,
0: I, yeah, you're you're probably, you're right. But uh, this England, uh, if we, can we talk for just a moment? I, this English squad selection, I think, Ooh, is I very think very poor. Yeah, I don't think it's a great I, squad either. I, I saw the meme of them getting off the plane, and the meme said, "Don't stop the engine. <laughs> We're getting back on really soon," or something. You know, like we won't be here long. The thing um, is, though, if you look, if they
1: top the group and you look at what their path is, it's not a tough path for them either.
0: That is true. So they could really hang in there. The other that, thing is the US squad, I think, is also, you guys said, is very poor. And I am I know Ricardo Pepe's move to the Bundesliga was did not go well. But my understanding is, he as he's been loaned out to Holland uh, to, to play in, in the Eredivisie in Holland this year, is he is gaining back his form. A little bit surprised... He wasn't selected because he has done so well for them in the past. But even bigger for me is um, Jordan. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, uh, Sabachu, A.K.A. He's known by his mother's maiden name, or uh, Pifok. Do you remember Pifok in the in the in the qualifying against Canada? Yeah, yeah. He used to play for Young Boys. He's now at Union Berlin, and he has played really, really well for Union Berlin. And maybe he's injured, and I'm not thinking about it. Oh, maybe he's injured. Maybe that's what he's out. But I, 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 yeah, he if if he could be there, if he could play any games for the U.S., he needs to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna double check right now because maybe he's actually injured, and I'm totally forgetting yeah. it. But so he I, I personally he, he's have been a beast in the Bundesliga this year. Yeah,
2: I have England and Iran going through Spain. on this right. because uh, uh, Iran again. I'm. Uh, I'm picking the heat index as the main. As
3: yeah, see, I've considered that
1: for a few of these. I, I've gone with England and Wales in this group, but yeah. again, I could see any any two of these four going yeah. through. But and, and I think the, Iran's going to be a bit of a surprise for people.
2: A, a lot of these teams, like the, the fact that they're coming from a northern climate and coming into Qatar, at, in, you know, in December, that's going to be a big effect for them. Yeah, like it's a big difference in the weather change, and that could affect a lot of bodies.
1: And I would imagine there'll be a lot of Iranians make the trip as well and are cheering the team on. So you've you've also got that. But we'll try and rattle through this uh, a wee bit quicker. Um, if you want to, if you want to spend time, I'm fine. We can have as long a podcast think, as you want.
2: I think you guys got your England hate hat on. That's why yes. that. my group took a little
1: But we'll, we'll move on to Group C then. Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Portland. On the strength index with the FIFA Rankings, the 7th strongest of the 8th group. Argentina ranked number 3, Saudi Arabia 53rd, Mexico 12th, Poland 26th. Argentina were 2nd in Comunibol qualifying, 6 points behind Brazil, but undefeated. They had 6 draws though. They gave up just 8 goals. This is their 18th World Cup, which is the 3rd most in... History for all countries Obviously Argentina Two times winners in 78 and 86 They've been runners up three times The last time being 2014 And they've been at Every World Cup since 1974 Mexico Second in CONCACAF Tied with Canada on 28 points But scoring 7 less goals This is their 17th World Cup Which is the 5th highest Of any teams in the world And their 7th straight World Cup which I think says a lot more about CONCACAF than anything else. Poland, second to England in Group I. They finished six points behind and two points ahead of Albania. They had a walkover in their playoff semis against Russia, then beat Sweden 2-0 to book their place here. It's their first World Cup since 2006, their ninth overall. They were in Russia, but they missed out in South Africa and Brazil. Saudi Arabia, they won Asian Group B finishing one point ahead of Japan which I thought was a surprise eight ahead of Australia who are also here their only loss was away to Japan this is their sixth World Cup they played in Russia which was their first since 2006 and they'd played in four straight from 94 to 2006. so since Zach's shoving food in his mouth let's start with Steve for this one what do you think about Group C
2: okay uh easy pick for the top obviously the hiccups can't happen but argentina yeah i think that's from Mali. <laughs> like on strength of team i would go poland but i wouldn't doubt the other two teams can finish second in this case it's hard to pick there's a lot of the, the factor of the heat and everything plays a big part and for me in my head but maybe it's not going to be a bigger difference at all uh with the stadiums and everything like that I, like the way they said they're going to be Conditioned air conditioning. I mean, even so,
1: I mean, it's still going to be hot. So you have to feel yeah. Mexico, Saudi Arabia. That's going to be because
2: it's a dry heat as well. And, and, and the fact that Saudi Arabia won their group, which did like, surprise yeah, me. And top face Japan. That, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that maybe if they're in that same kind of form, maybe they can do something here uh, in advance for the next round. But for me, right now, I'll pick, uh, uh, in this case, I'm going to pick Argentina and Poland. In this I, one,
1: I went for that as well. I don't fancy Mexico much at all. Um, and I think Saudi, again, could be a, a big surprise here.
2: Well, we we talked about the U.S. didn't really fare well in conquer California. Mexico, what I feel was even had a worse campaign. In well, some yeah.
0: Way. yeah, they came second, right? Yeah, um,
1: but they just I, didn't look good in coming second. They had so many late, late goals and last-minute goals to get them there.
0: Despite their good qualifying, uh, I think uh, on the surface for me, this looks kind of simple for first and last. I think Argentina should be able to do enough to come first and I I, I I still am going to pick Saudi Arabia last even though I think they are in a better place than they have been in the past. Um Poland obviously my heart wants Poland to go through. Um and Mexico not to go through. Um but both Poland and Mexico at World Cups have played quite opposite roles. Yes. Where Mexico has, has played out of their out of their skin like played just above themselves. Uh, played at uh, a level beyond themselves. So you can't, I guess you sort of can't sleep on Mexico, even though they weren't great in qualifying. Uh, and you also, I think, Poland might get overrated by some people. So if people are listening to this and they're they're betting on all these things, um, I think history would say Mexico is a, a, a fairly respectable kind of dark horse, whereas Poland... Mexico
1: can get through the group, but then they can't do much more.
0: Well, but even that, I think, in this group, they could get through this group by making it an upset, Whereas I think you could lose your shirt by, you know, betting on Poland, even though my heart says Poland, Argentina. Yeah. Group D,
1: France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia. Fourth strongest based on the FIFA rankings. France are fourth overall. Australia 39th, Denmark 10th, Genesea 30th. Australia got in via a 5-4 penalty shootout win over Peru in that 0-0 draw in June thanks to the wiggle dance. It's their 6th World Cup, their 5th straight as well. Uh, Their first one was 1974. Tunisia, a narrow 1-0 aggregate win over Mali in the end, and that came away from home in the first leg. It's their 6th World Cup and their 2nd straight one, although Russia was their 1st one since 2006. France, again another former winner, 16th World Cup overall. They won it on home soil. They won it last time out in Russia. Runners-up in Germany in 2006. They topped UEFA Group D with six points over Ukraine. Undefeated during their campaign. Three draws, but they only gave three goals up. So very hard to break down. Denmark, first World Cup since 2010. Their sixth one overall. They won Scotland's group, sadly, Group F, by four points. They lost just one game which was to Scotland. The Scotland team also just lost one game, but unfortunately we had two draws as well, and that's what sent us into the playoffs, which we didn't come through. That is Group D. Zach, what are you feeling about this?
0: This is a really interesting group. Uh, Again, I think for me, the stereotype of the Europeans dominating, I think, is going to prevail once again. Uh, France is missing some incredibly key pieces due to injury and in Paul Pogba and mm-hmm. Angola Kante in the middle of their midfield, but they have the quality to, to overcome. So I, I see them advancing. I, I can't see them, you know, uh, sorry. France and Germany, uh, you know, France after 98, they bombed out in the group stage in 2002. Germany did the same. They won 2014. They bombed out uh, in the group stage in Russia four years ago. I I honestly can't see that happening again to this French this French team. Although they are like one of those teams kind of like Holland has been in the past at tournaments where they can kind of self-destruct, like the personalities take over and I'm more important than the team. And we've seen some of that at club level, especially with the very talented but seemingly headstrong Kylian Mbappe. So, but I still think they're too good, too good to not to not not advance uh denmark i think is still has kind of everyone's heart from what happened in the euros the euro the 2020 euros that happened in 2021 and i think the world will be kind of cheering them on yeah. and i think that they are still in a good place um even though everyone's a year older i think they're in a good place i think pierre M, uh pierre emil Heuberg, who's a former byron player in the middle of their midfield uh will help uh help them progress and then third and fourth i think yeah, I, pr- I probably want Australia third and Tunisia fourth.
1: That, that's how I have it as well. I'm cheering on the Aussies because I've been watching so much Aussie and New Zealand TV over the, the last little while. There's been a lot of features on the Aussie players and stuff, and I'd love them to do well. I just can't see it, and I can't see past France and Denmark in this one.
2: Yeah, for France, for me overall, um, uh, like you said, the midfield is – when I saw their roster of selection, the midfield is completely like revamped mm. from like four years ago. So I think that's the thing. I think Kamavinga, uh, Eduardo Kamavinga, is the, probably the biggest like question mark to see what he can do and help France advance. But I think they will win the group. Um, I personally have Denmark finishing second. I do have Tunisia finishing third. I thought they were really okay. good in the last World Cup. They basically came like a injury time uh, goal. By Harry Kane from drawing England oh, at of that course. time, mm-hmm. and then and they did like get completely slammed by Belgium, but then they beat Panama. Uh, so I, I think that they they can they can surprise Australia, and if, as long as it doesn't go to a shootout, I think it, they
1: should. Yeah. They the, the it Aussies are a great team. I've got to uh, say. also
0: about Australia. I want to say once again, uh, I cannot believe that they that uh, Peru whenever a team chooses not to choose Raul Rui Diaz, they make a massive mistake. And that's an <laughs> Australia's game. Australia's game. I also can get one more Australia story. I've told this story to you before. Um, but they gave me one of the one of the great World Cup chants that that I've ever, ever heard and I'm looking forward to using at this World Cup. As I was taking the I think, I think it was the S Bahn or the U Bahn to watch the the famous Croatia versus Australia match. At the, the 2006 World Cup. It's famous because that's the game where Graham Poll gave out three red cards. Yes. To, uh it wasn't Bilic. I forget which what center back from Croatia was, and and actually, if VAR was involved,
2: oh, three uh, yellow cards. You mean
0: three? Yeah, sorry, three yeah, yellow yeah, cards. Yeah. Three yellow yeah. cards. I yeah. knew and, and if VAR was involved, the game would have not ended two two like it did, and put Australia through. It would have ended two one Croatia. But anyways, as I'm taking the the public transport to the game. I'm in this throng of Aussies, um, and they're holding up, you know, this inflatable kangaroo that says, you know, "Socceroo's next ninety minutes" or whatever, and they're just chanting over and over and over. And they come on this chant for Croatia that has just been one of my favorites, and I can't wait to use it. And if you're at home watching Canada versus Croatia, or you're in a pub watching Canada Croatia, or you're anywhere watching Canada Croatia, and the kit selection goes the ideal way, you need to chant your shirt. Is, Is a, a tablecloth, tablecloth your a shirt. shirt? Is, Is a, a tablecloth, tablecloth your yes. shirt? Yeah. Australia, great fan, great fans.
1: Okay, so that's the first four groups done, and I've got to say, we went a bit more detail into that than I thought we were going to. That's not a bad thing. Obviously, we are very chatty once we get going. But I tell you what, I'm going to do. I said we're going to do all eight groups in this show. I think I'm going to cut this into two different parts. So we'll keep groups A to D in this episode. And in the next episode, episode 535, we'll have a look at groups E to H. So we'll finish the recording of this show and then Zach and Steve and myself will do the other four groups, which of course includes Canada in group F. So you can tune in next week for part two of our group previews. We've still got one part of the show to go this week, though, as we start our AFTN World Cup draft. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Mark Anthony
0: Kay, and you're listening to the AFTN Radio Show.
3: And our too and fade like the Like an anthem to sorrow And the words we use are like future ghosts And our lives too will fall apart like this moment Gone like the birthday cards on the windowsill Brief is the pain.
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our second song from our Artist for the Month here at AFTN for November from London, England. It's Swayed. And it's the second song on the new album, Autofiction, that was released in September. That's called Personality Disorder. When I went to see them a couple of weeks ago, the first three tracks on the new album were the first three tracks that kicked off the show. Absolutely tremendous. That's a great track. And as football supporters, I think we all have some kind of quirky personality disorders, really, if we're being honest. There's definitely some some quirky fans in the, the fan base in and around Vancouver. I think that's fair to say. So, for this part, of the show, the final part, we're going to do our draft. Now, this may or may not interest you, so you can switch off now. You've had two hours already, but please stay with us. We'd love you to do that. We're going to do our draft. We're going to pick who we're going to have in the World Cup, who we're going to be cheering on for points and bragging rights. And the scoring will be three points for a win in whatever game they're playing, two points if it's a win in extra time, uh, or penalties in the knockout rounds, and if it's a draw in extra time or penalties, the loser will get one point. And in the group stages, the draw is just one point. I've got bonus points: of the group winners get five bonus points, the group runners-up two bonus points. Do we want to give any bonus points for semi-finalists or finalists? I, I say thing.
2: so. I I would say like maybe like three points. If you win in, uh, three bonus points, if you win in the first round and 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 go up by two or or one of you start off with one bonus point and then go three and then I, five and then I, seven or something.
0: I think there should be a bonus like a bonus for like three points for if you score five or more goals in a match.
2: No, I don't think so. That goes that goes like
1: old NASL kind okay, of Okay, let's thrash out the bonus things during the week then in our chat. Yeah, and we'll we'll come back to that. So what we're gonna do is there's thirty two teams. There's three of us. We should really have brought in probably Joe or Har. For some reason, I was thinking it was 24. I don't know why, because I know it's 32. (laughs) And I thought, oh, we'll have eight selections each. I've got it all written down to write one to eight who our selections are. That's
0: because we, didn't we do this for the Euro last? I think so. Uh, And that's what's just
1: confused me. So we're going to see who picks first, who picks second, who picks third. I will share my screen here. That is something I have not done for a long time. How do we share screen again? Here we go. Sharing screen. And I'll get this up. That's my World Cup bracket. We don't want that. We want... Oh, right. I know. I'm trying to get into the thing I want. Here we go. This
0: is great podcasting.
1: Yes. This is click to spin. We've got our names on a a, a wheel twice. This is fancy, Michael. This is going (laughs) to see...
2: This apparently is brought to you by TD Bank Returns. <laughs> yeah,
1: apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's on wheel of frames, hey, no hey, wheel of names.
0: And don't the world stands it. with Ukraine? You wait, can't wait. say you can't you can't say that. Everything is now brought to you by CIBC. Come on. Hook, oh, of course, yes. Right, click to spin. He's he's
1: he's going to go first. Oh, we've got sound effects and everything. And the arrow is here. Oh, I thought I was getting first pick there. Steve gets to pick first.
2: Sometimes first pick is in the best because you're you're actually you know,
1: who who are we doing? Who are we doing second? Well, I'm gonna spin again.
0: Oh, okay. Please don't it's, come up it, with Steve it, it's again. Steve. <laughs> no,
2: it'll be one of
1: Michael. you. Hey, goodness. I'm second and Zach's third, so that is our picking order. Wow, well, I like this. I'll use this okay. for future things. Let's okay. go. I know, first of all I have to stop sharing I share too much It's always been said So, you have the pick of 32 teams here, Steve So my
2: my initial thing was when I was going to pick first I was going to pick Brazil Making Michael pick Germany Which would screw up Zach But I'm going to go for my first pick And I'm going to go Germany
0: Good choice
1: Well, my first pick is going to be Brazil
0: (sighs) Disgusting okay i will go with i'll go with argentina no i hate argentina okay <laughs> i'll go with argentina sure argentina right i'm talking who it? you oh need. i get two i get yeah. two. Oh, you get two, get two here yes yeah. so i'll go argentina and then for fun i'll go canada
3: oh.
1: oh
2: i was actually thinking about picking them first
1: i i've got a list of all the countries here so i'm just knocking them off as we go through okay yeah you're
2: pick,
1: Michael. Oh, it's me next. Ah, uh, oh, in that case, then, I'm going to go France.
0: That's your final, eh? hmm oh,
2: So sweet,
1: if man. that isn't the
0: final, I'm screwed already. I should have taken France or Argentina, but...
2: Well, yeah. I'm going to double down on the group E, and I'm going to pick
1: Spain. <laughs> See, that's good, because you're almost guaranteed... Well, you should be guaranteed the winner. And it's you again now, Steve.
2: Uh, me again. I will pick uh, Netherlands.
1: Nice. Oh, that was going to be my pick next. Um,
0: Belgium. I'm only picking teams I hate. Don't pick them. That's why um, I didn't pick England. No, I could no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Portugal and England. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to take them. That's why I didn't take England. Because I thought I could get an easy
2: pick on the next round, yeah.
1: Portugal, Portugal and England. England. Oh, so it's me again. Yeah. Well, wow, we're going quicker than I thought here. Um, I've already... I went for Belgium. Okay, who's... Who's left? Serbia. If, if they are crap, I am going to speak to Dino and say, what were you talking about, man? <laughs> My turn? Yep, two picks for you. I
2: will go... Ghana.
1: Ooh, Ghana. Now, where are they in my list? They are down here and you've got another pick.
2: I will go... Honestly, I will go your way.
1: Nice. Oh. Where have I got them in my list? Here we go. Uh, oh, Croatia. I go,
0: I... Oh, okay. I will go Poland and Switzerland.
2: Poland.
1: Poland and Switzerland. Group G almost done. Um, yeah. uh, so it's me next in. Um,
0: Denmark. Yeah, that's a good choice, Michael. You got Group D sewn up.
2: I will take... <laughs> we're going to be in the same groups everywhere. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, We've still got Qatar left. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take uh, Senegal.
0: Yeah, that was
1: the Mm. obvious choice. Oh, you've got another one now.
2: Oh, and then I will take... uh, Apologize all to the women in my life, I'll take Iran. Iran.
0: (laughs) For Wales and USA, okay. Uh, I will go Wales then. So, for fun, I will go... Costa Rica. Oh. (laughs) And I will go with... Oh, man, um, well, that's well, Then I have three teams in one group. I can't do that. Um, I'll go Cameroon.
1: I haven't even really thought too much about the groups. Um, uh, see, I had a list here as to what I thought, and the team that's high on what's left on my list is Qatar. <laughs> but... I'm going to go to Japan after everything I said about them.
0: Yeah, I was going to take them too, but.
2: My turn? Yep. I will take the car. Oh. <laughs> ho,
3: ho,
1: ho, ho, ho. And you've got another one.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to take. I want to take Tunisia. Oh.
1: Uh. <sighs> hmm. Not
0: much teams, No. Mexico. Thank you. I will take Australia and South Korea.
3: Oh, it's, okay. I
1: think. Is that your 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's your 10. Sweet. Okay,
0: South Korea. I'm going to lose this pool. And Australia.
1: Oh, geez, man. Look what's left. <laughs> So what is left is USA, Ecuador, Morocco, and Saudis. i take Morocco. I think I have to go Morocco. You
2: taking Morocco then?
1: Yeah. So you're left with USA, Ecuador, Saudi.
2: USA,
3: USA.
1: Oh, I thought you might have gone for Saudi, but you're going for the points. Yeah. Excellent. So the recap: Zach has got Brazil. For, oh nope. no, I, I've got oh, I've written all these down wrong.
0: <laughs> I have um, Argentina,
1: okay. We've got Steve, right? Steve's got Germany, Spain, Holland, Ghana, Uruguay, Senegal, Iran, Qatar, Tunisia, and the US of A. I
2: only have four groups to watch. Oh, actually, no, it's
1: a, yeah, three, five, three. uh, Zach, who have you
2: got? I can read out Zach's, yeah, uh, not, not in the order he picked, but. Uh, England, Australia, Poland, uh, Costa Rica, Canada, South Korea, Switzerland, and Cameroon. And I can read yours if you want to as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, not, not in the order they were taken, but Wales, uh, Mexico, France, Denmark, Japan, Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco, Brazil,
1: and Serbia. I like that. So, basically, I've got Belgium,
2: Belgium, got all, Croatia, a, and Morocco I've gone you got with. You've got all the Canadian <laughs> opponents. I've yeah. I got I've got Group A sewn up, basically, unless Ecuador finishes second.
1: Well, if Canada do shit, I have got fantastic points coming up here. Michael hates Canada, hashtag. Well, That was a draft. That was a a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be in the end because I thought Zach would be hemming and hawing for ages there.
0: No, I just took teams I don't like. We'll work out the score. And we'll I come honestly didn't. I didn't. Think,
2: I didn't think any of you guys were going to take England, and I thought I could get them in like the third or fourth I, round or something like that. I could, Yeah, I changed they, my they, approach.
0: I, I, the one mistake I really made was not taking France. I should. I, I, I just back. cannot pick England
2: because I, honestly, I
0: might have picked England before Netherlands, but I go I'll just pick Netherlands.
2: I th- I, th- I don't think there's much of a difference between the two. But I, I to first. I'm
0: not going to be watching the England games and seeing them win and being like, "Yay, I got points in the pool." I'm going to be like, "Crap, <laughs> they won." <laughs> Very true. Well,
1: that is it for our World Cup chat pretty much for the show. I'm going to finish with this week's wavelength and we mentioned it in our chat last week with Neil Grant. It was his favourite World Cup song of all time. It's from 1978 by Scottish comedian Andy Cameron and it's a song called Ali's Army. It sold over 360,000 copies. It got to number six in the charts in the UK back in 1978 It's a song full of hope, full of expectation about how well Scotland was going to do at the World Cup.
4: Hey! We're on the army. We're going to the Argentine And we'll really shake them up when we win the World Cup. How Scotland are the greatest football team. Hey! When we reach the Argentine, we're really gonna show the world a brand of football, the picket.
1: Andy Cameron, Ali's Army. World Cup song for Scotland in 1978. Had to get some Scottish World Cup content in this show somehow, apart from Spoonie, David Witherspoon in the Canadian national team. The lyrics there to that song, all about how Scotland was going to go to Argentina and dominate and win the World Cup and come home with it. And we crashed out in the group stage, having lost to Peru 4-1, drew one all with Iran... Yes, we beat Holland 3-2 with one of the goals of the tournament, but it was not enough, and we went out on goal difference. That is it, though, for this show. Thank you for being with us. Before we go, lads, let us know where we can find you online. Any final thoughts, anything that's caught your eye this week? Anything at all, Steve?
2: Um, So, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. Um, the one thing I'm, I'm, I was thinking about when you guys brought up, especially with the container stadium, I wonder when they announce the stadium, or the attendance, are they going to announce the all the bodies or just the live bodies that are at the portal? You know,
1: Hopefully, the live
2: ones. If yeah. I was
1: there in that heat, there would probably be uh, another one to add to the other side.
2: Oh, my.
0: Um, You can find me on Twitter at Uh I just want to, I know we've talked about this loss in the past, uh, this topic. I just want to give it a shout-out because uh, I got something in my feed this week that just reminded me of this. This is from a few days ago. Um, A few days ago was the anniversary uh, from 2009, I believe it was, when Robert Anke, uh, who is a a, a respected and German national team player, uh, who took took his own life. And uh, I know we talk lots about mental health, uh with players w- or when it comes up in the footballing world and so this kind of just came with my feed, and um yeah i guess so just an encouragement i guess to people you might be spending uh time at home watching <laughs> watching the world cup by yourself if you're uh not able to get out and, and connect with people you know at 7 a.m or 11 a.m or whatever Um, uh, but yeah just in this season as we move into you know it's the time change it's darker outside all that kind of stuff if you're uh if you're having any issues uh, talk to someone uh tweet michael he's yeah. i say that i say that because he's on twitter more than
3: yeah like genuinely but,
1: if but... you want to chat during the games i will love to chat to people if you're watching it on your own you want some company tag tag us chat with us yeah. i honestly
2: believe that talking uh it, it, it actually had helped me a lot in my issues um and luckily that day andy o'brien was there to talk to me uh yeah. but it, it it like talking to somebody uh there's no shame in that. Um, it, like, if, and if that person doesn't reciprocate your talking, it's actually shame on them. And so, don't ever feel like talking to somebody is going to be. It, it should be like it will help you immensely. And, and yeah. even if it's a quick conversation, just just talk to somebody. It helps so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. one one of my friends in Scotland when I was over there uh, had lost his brother. Um, took his own life with with mental health issues as well. And there was a big thing where folk in Fife last week, a local lad had posted basically a a goodbye and a suicide note on Facebook. But it then led to everyone trying to find him and they did. And they've saved his life. Mm. And now he's joined a group and he's talking to people. So there's always people that will listen to you. And it can be a lonely time of year at the best of times it's dark mornings, it's dark nights, and the time change, and yeah, folk will be watching this maybe on their own, and genuinely happy to chat at any time to people, just get in touch on Twitter, or if Twitter's not your thing, at com. My final thoughts for this week, I've been doing my final commentary of the the year, probably my last commentary actually to about May next year, was doing the CCAA Nationals out in Langley this week at the pitch that will be the new home to Vancouver FC out at Langley Events Centre. Fantastic event put on by Langara Falcons. Had a great time doing that. The same time, the U Sports men's and women's Nationals were on women in Laval, men in Kamloops. UBC women sadly only finished fifth. They were favourites going into that, but had a heartbreaking Penalty shootout loss in their first game to the hosts of Laval and ended up finishing fifth. But we do have a BC champion in the men's side. Thompson Rivers, Wolfpack. Congratulations, Rivers FC. They were playing under the summer and you've got to think, the final, Thompson Rivers against UBC. Two teams that had teams in League One BC this season. Both sides have said how much that helped in their preparation for this season. It was held in Kamloops. It's only the second time that Thompson's River have won a medal at these U Sport Nationals. They won a bronze in 2017 when they hosted. They've won a gold now in 2022 when they've hosted. Penalty shootout win. Heartbreaking for UBC. And I'm the commentator for UBC, so I'm close to this team. And it was heartbreaking to see them go out that way. Guys like Tommy Gardner, who's graduating from the programme this year, victory from But on the other side for the Wolfpack, Zach guys that we know, Daniel Sagno. He is mm-hmm. now a national champion. Yeah. You've got Alessandro Kamita, who's come through the Whitecaps. Patrick Isaac, as well, who spent time with the Whitecaps. And they're now all national champions. John Antelov on his side. Big, big congratulations. You've had a great season. Sorry for UBC, but if they were going to lose, I'm glad it's to another BC team. Mm-hmm. But that is it for this show. Zach, I want to wish you safe travels. Have a wonderful time over there in Qatar. Yeah, see, see Keep in touch. Way. Let us know that you're safe as well the whole time. I your passport. I've, I've given you my big shopping list of things I want you to come back with. Have a wonderful time. We'll speak to you soon. For everyone else, thank you for listening. We're not sure what shape. Our shows will take over the coming weeks. If you want to do some regular ones, we could do daily. We could do a couple a week. If anyone's listened to this and wants to jump on some podcasts, hit me up. We can maybe do something like that as well, maybe some YouTube stuff. AFT and Canada on Twitter, AFTNCanada at hotmail.com. But until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and Ali la rouge.